And, oh, I just lost everything. Here we go. That's cool. Yeah. I totally tried to get that from uh, the guys that, that made it. I messaged them about two months ago, and they haven't responded back. So I'm just going to go ahead and use it until they tell me to stop. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, I link their shit in the description every single time. So. Well, that's good, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, everybody should remember this voice here. This is David from Let's Play Death Ray of the uh, series Getting to Know Let's Play. Yes, David. So da- is that Kyle? Yeah, that was Kyle. Tell him he's already been on. He, he needs to get the fuck away. So. No? Okay. Well, do you want to <sighs> you introduce yourself now that we've been very rudely interrupted? Yeah, well, welcome to Life in My House. Uh, hi, I'm David. Uh, I'm from Let's Play Death Ray, as well as Life is Unfair, which is our Malcolm in the Middle rewatch podcast. We also, like I said, stream on Twitch. We're also on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you name it, uh, doing gaming content. So a little bit of everything um, and anything that we want, really. Nice. Now, uh, I did want to talk to you about gaming, obviously, because this is a gaming podcast, but I wanted to get to know david and how he came because you told us a little bit about your story so i guess when did you first want to like start this live streaming thing like when when did when were you like we're gonna do this oh see that's two different answers okay because the live streaming started as just a way to do something with jake that was just fun um and we did not start as let's play death ray i'll tell you that um and who knows maybe with enough liquor you can pry out what the first name was because it was dumb uh, <laughs> but uh and we were streaming on youtube and then all of a sudden out of nowhere one night uh we had like 243 people watching us play titanfall 2 okay which You've played games with me. If I'm, like, really into a game, I usually try to get decent at it. I'm not god-tier gamer or anything, but... Yeah. Uh, we were bad at Titanfall 2. Like, we weren't <laughs> even approaching good. Um, okay. And this is long before YouTube live streaming was really a thing. I, I don't know how it happened or why it happened. Um, but, and we were like, oh, holy shit, this is kind of cool. Um... And then we just slowly started uh, deciding that we were going to just fuck around and do it. I think we streamed like once a week. Okay. And then what really kicked us into streaming more um, is our first Extra Life. Um, and that's when I really got a taste for the production side of it and really started to enjoy, um, you know, setting different scenes and camera placement, lighting placement, and all the stuff that I do on the back end to make everything look good um and why it's just continued to be a thing now five years later that has been ever growing and evolving and changing and my dream is to one day have a real studio area for that kind of thing and and be able to make a huge impact not that not that the thousand to two thousand we raise every year 
is is minimal but i mean i want to one day be able to be that guy who's like here's a you know fifty thousand dollar check to the children's hospital you know yeah like hey we raised 50k well let's make it 100 whoop whoop done yep gotcha gotcha so uh if if you're willing to tell me now i'm willing to do some editing and bleep it out for sure we're only four minutes in i don't mind rendering that long of a video with the beep (laughs) you you willing to tell me david uh yeah i guess why not fuck it It man And then uh, as I was, like, learning about SEO, search engine optimization, I started, like, trying to see how hard it was to find us. And I was like, oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, put that in the notes that I have to do some editing or I might just forget. Um, Nice. I mean, if you do, meh. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it'll, 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 it'll create that. What what is that called? That's a, a cliffhanger, right? So people watch season two or season there five, you go. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, four, it's the mystery. Four, yeah, four minutes twenty one seconds. Bleep. There we go. In the notes, it'll it'll get done maybe. <laughs> it'll get done maybe. <laughs> now I, I'm kind of curious about this because like when you first started, like the the production behind the scenes sort of stuff, I remember how many hours I put into it. Like I went from. Uh, I think it was, oh, God, what was that? It, there was, like, a really super simple editing software to now I'm into DaVinci. And I'm like, should I pay for DaVinci? What was uh, Light uh, Lightworks Studio? Lightworks. That's what I used originally mm, yep. to, to edit everything. And then I heard about DaVinci. How many hours did you sink into not just your setup once you got into it, but then the production, if you had to estimate? I don't want to think about that. Uh too many uh well because i do i do all of the video editing for the channel anything yeah anything that involves video i edit anything that is audio jake does um so like all of our audio stuff he does but anything on tiktok anything on youtube um thumbnails photographs any of that if it's a visual medium it's me um okay stream overlays uh transitions on stream camera placement lighting um background aesthetics uh placement even of desks and things so that the the physical space that i have in my basement is very limited Mm -hmm. so all of that um now admittedly when it comes to the physical stuff that's a lot of kyle too um like i'll say okay this is where i need to put the camera to get the shot that we need and light it with our available power options where can a lot of the times that's usually where Kyle will come in and he'll, you know, rig something up so that he can hook something up to the ceiling for me or move some things around so that we can actually walk through the basement and stuff. Um, and that's a lot of what Kyle does. We we jokingly refer to it as he's the stagehand. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really, that's a lot of the stuff. That's what he does. Like uh, he's the one who figures out the the physical problems and I work on the technical side. So. When it comes to just setting things up for production, over the last five years, we've probably put maybe a thousand hours or more a year into okay. it. Um, like that might be a little high, but it, I mean, there was multiple weeks when we first started going of trying new things. 
and trying to figure things out because I knew nothing about any of this mm -hmm. where I would spend five, six, seven hours uh, a day, you know, staying up till two, three in the morning, reading and watching videos on how to do this stuff. Um, and, Cause I was, when I say I knew nothing, like I knew nothing. I'd never even heard of OBS. Like it was, it was bad. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time researching uh, how to do this stuff. Count uh, the 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 podcast before I got part of the Evil Mark show. Uh, it's it was so bad I don't even want to say what it was. Um, but basically, like he he was like, we have to do things this way. Things have to be done a very specific way. And I'm right there with you. There was like a, a weekend or two where I was just like solely dedicated to. All right, let's figure everything the fuck out so I can realize. Yeah. Hey, this is what I got to do. This is where the like this lighting set, this lighting that I have on me right now mm -hmm. would have never happened. Would have never happened without having to do that shitty fucking podcast <laughs> and having to Fair. deal with all that stuff. Um and it's it's funny because I forgot to pay for that light right there at Walmart. I uh I was talking to somebody on the phone, scanned it. I didn't scan it. I just kind of put it in the bag and Walmart didn't say anything like cuz I did the self checkout and so uh I was compensated fairly by Walmart for my time invested into stuff. <laughs> I'm not sure that's considered compensation, <laughs> but uh, we'll move right past that. Uh, I mean, I could, co yeah. Well, like I, it's not like self checkout is just my my thing to do, but I I do really like your setup. I like the aesthetic because like the blue and the red, and then um, you know, like I I, I like the the Funko Pops how they're part of the background. Like, there's a lot of fun stuff to look at behind you. And, yes. and it, it, yeah, it makes it nice. And then I, I love the, the rainbow uh, farts that you have uh, going on there with your four sticks of memory. What, out of curiosity, is, is yours the, the Corsairs too? Is that what that is? Uh, are you talking about the, the Ram sticks? Yeah, the Ram sticks that you get. No, it's, uh, it's the T-Force. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's the stock Ram that comes in the uh, NZXT Creator PC. Oh, oh, you, you, oh, you bought a creator PC. Yeah. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, that's I upgraded. See, the computer that Jake uses now is my laptop that we upgraded from our streaming journey. Man, whew, boy, that's a whole long story in itself. But to <laughs> quickly surmise it, we went from streaming from the PlayStation to streaming from the PlayStation Four with a PlayStation Four camera to connecting to my laptop that I specifically bought on Black Friday for doing this okay. to then streaming from the laptop with more gear than with mics. Then I sold a bunch of stuff because I had hobbies I couldn't do anymore because of personal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, bought the PC. And then now, like, I wish I had a good way to show you my basement, but it's kind of a wreck right now. And there's a bunch of baby stuff stored in the corner because I have two children. But there is content creation stuff from literally the far end of my basement all the way this way. I have, um, I mean, well, Kyle talked to you about the gear mm -hmm. in his episode. Yeah. Uh, he's gotten a lot of the upgrades from me upgrading the production out here. I've got, right now, I've got two different cameras set up to my my setup. I've got three different microphones because I have, for when all three of us are on camera, I have a couch yeah. with multiple microphones, uh, lighting for all of it. Um, and I need to get 
more lighting actually um the shot is not as decent as this looks i need a new lens for my camera and i need another light um because the the fuck are you using uh are you talking about my camera yeah uh it's just the sony a6000 um it's a uh dslr camera i wasn't able to spring for the more expensive one but i mean it's like an 850 dollar camera Dude, I'm I'm using a a Logitech 10 1080 Yeah, like like why why would you spring for so much like cuz I'm I don't I mean obviously I noticed that your picture is a little bit sharper. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it looks a little bit more real world where I'm like you, you can kind of tell but like d- does it is that is that what you do? Like you're you're like ooh, like I can just okay. Okay, you're one of those. I'm I'm I also uh, what started all of this realistically. The only thing create like creatively that i've really been into Mm -hmm. besides writing in my life was photography Ah. um but i never had anyone to teach it to me other than my sister with her limited knowledge of old like um film cameras Mm -hmm. and i still have an old canon uh old school eight millimeter camera um that i love uh but i've been slowly teaching myself so i i love messing around with the camera and that's like when i get the lens that i want and Mm -hmm. make that money and get the light that i want this will look a thousand times better than what it does right now (laughs) (laughs) like it irritates me right now that i can't get it exactly the way i want it so yeah okay yeah i uh there was a podcast that i used to edit before with an ex of mine to where like i would hear things in my in the headset and then i'd be like babe babe, babe just, just like tell me how this sounds and she's like it sounds fine and i'm like you don't hear the thing and the thing and she's like nobody gives a fuck jared nobody cares and yeah okay so you're like that but with video i got you i got you yeah um because because i wanted to, so when you started with if i can go back here it was yeah. the the podcast that kind of started everything that brought everything together or what so it was was it the titanfall that started everything was it the was it the the um fuck my brain uh, stopped working you're good uh yeah the answer yes and also no yes and also um, no okay so jake and i have done several podcasts together okay. um jake and i we're cousins but we've been friends for forever Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we used to do everything together. We grew up together. Yeah. Um, and then he, like a dick, went and <laughs> moved to college to go get a degree. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you know I moved away too for uh other stuff that's boring. No one wants to know. Um, but we were we didn't see each other for a long time. Yeah. And then when we reconnected for a little bit uh, over, you know, the Internet, um, things were getting more accessible. Um, It was easier to do communication like this uh, and cheaper. Uh, And podcasts were taking off and Jake loved them. And he came up with an idea where we would both um, take turns picking a thing and then take an alternate side of it. So, like, for instance... The, the iconic one was Sharknado, right? Jake loves those dumbass movies. <laughs> I think they suck. I hate them. Um, and we would watch it together, and then we would record a podcast uh, with different notes and things and argue back and forth over it. Um, and it was a lot of fun. 
but then we started to agree too much. Okay. And we ran out of things that either one of us hated and the other one didn't. <laughs> All right. Um, so that one went away. And then we added a uh, couple other projects that just because of real life stuff, uh, my job at the time was very demanding. Um, a lot of my hobbies, unfortunately, had to fade into non-existence uh, for me to get the career that I have now. Um, and uh, that was one of them, unfortunately. So, But anyways, then we started Life is Unfair. Um, but that also started after the streaming thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. So podcasting started it. But then... Streaming sort of reignited it because Jake was living with us. And then we were like, hey, we should do a podcast again. And then it just kind of went from there. Who whose idea was it to do the whose idea was it to do the life is unfair? Uh, that that's Jake. Um, Jake has always been the idea guy um, with that kind of stuff. Like Kyle and I, have, don't get me wrong, we've had ideas and, and there's a bunch of our content that has come from us. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the podcast, Jake has always been, especially for that, the idea guy. Like He's like, oh, I have this idea for this podcast and I have this idea for this podcast. And you know, then we settle on one that we both uh, can enjoy and, and think would be fun. We don't really, when it comes to podcasting, it's so weird. We have such a different approach than with our other stuff not that we chase what's popular or anything but a lot of the times we'll evaluate our video content and be like would anyone want to watch this with our audio stuff it's more do we want to make this like mm -hmm. do we give a shit about doing this mm -hmm. uh yes okay cool let's do it nice. like, who gives a shit if only two people listen to it <laughs> I, i've always said i will go until there are zeros across the board for three weeks in a row uh, i will continue to do this until there are three zeros for three weeks so ah. that yeah that that is that is when feathers and friends will end uh or i just uh you know until i run out of things to say but i find it weird because i remember the the first time like we we interacted on this and you're you're way more professional than i am let me just say that right off the bat because well, like da david came in and he's like let's i'm ready to go and i'm like no no pre-talk no none of that. okay sir let's dive right into it um, but I was I, like, you guys come in with scripts, you can prepared. So how different is something like this? Like, has it always been like, we got to let, let's, let's, let's structure this, uh, or like is freeform just not your style? No, I, I definitely like all of our streams are freeform. Okay. Um, that's, it's just whatever happens happens. Well, I can't say all, yeah. um, some stuff scripted, uh, as far as like the extra life stuff, but Beyond that, um, and, like, we do a Game of the Year awards ceremony, stuff like that. Uh, other than our stream events, it's all freeform. Um, oh, okay. But when it comes to audio content, yeah, no, it's very it's very structured. It's very prepared. Um, when we did the streamer interview uh, podcast, Something Else, which uh, also had to die due to my career, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, uh, it was very structured. I had... Um, you know, I was contacting the guests ahead of time. They knew kind of what we were going to talk about. I got information from them so I could formulate, uh, questions. Jake had these little games that were tailored to the likes or dislikes of the guests that came on. Um, no, very, and again, I think it's because of the part of me that really enjoys the broadcast side. And I've done a lot of operational, uh, things in my real 
uh, life work. I'm very methodical when it comes to preparing for things. I, like when you do your research on somebody, do you like just like consume a bunch of their content or are you just like, hey, here's like, tell me about yourself. Like how do you... Uh, dep depends on the format uh, and what I'm doing. Um, so like if I wanted to say, let's, let's take, for example, I wanted to host a uh, content creator game show. Mm -hmm. Right. And I wanted to bring podcasters and streamers and YouTubers all together and put you through this X, Y, Z game. Right. Um, I'm going and I'm watching you. Um, I'm listening to your content. I am absorbing what you put out into the Internet um, because I want to make sure that your persona that you're putting out there, because let's mm -hmm. face it, a lot of content creators, it is a persona. Mm -hmm. They're not as raw as I am. Like, if you were in my basement hanging out with me, it's the same as what you get in the content. Yeah. Um, And that's fine. I totally understand that. So I, I would consume a lot of the content before I considered even inviting you. And then depending on where we go from there, I would then send you questions once you um, agreed to be on the show. So, like, if we were going to do something like that game show, I may send you like a qu quick, like three questions of like, hey, what's something you're passionate about? What's something you dislike? What's something you hope to attain one day or whatever, depending again on what we're trying to do. And then we can build around that. Okay. And then it's still a surprise for the contestants, giving a genuine reaction uh, for the audience and for the contestants. Uh, but also still we're very prepared and we're not going beyond someone's uh, boundaries that they've already put out on the internet. I like that. I like that. That's that's better than me creeping on people's Reddit profiles <laughs> while I just like go through shit. And cause like a, a couple of the only fans artists that like I interviewed, like I would like, my whole thing was like, I'm going to put together, like I'd put together, like, I guess you would call it like a press packet. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. this is what I'd like to talk about. These are some of my questions. And like, I would just kind of scroll through all their content that they've had up on Reddit and I'm just looking through shit and like, I'm looking for interesting things. And because like what I'm doing, mm -hmm. it's weird because you're like, Oh, like an OnlyFans model. Like, what do you look like? I'm noticing things in the background. I'm noticing her lighting. Like how you've got a big giant O light that I can see on the invader Zim poster that my girlfriend would love. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what kind of Olight is that? Is that like a big one or is that like my tiny little Walmart ones? You know, like what kind of camera are you using? You know, are you using like an iPhone or a Samsung? And like, those are the dumb little questions that, that I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, I, I've got my first journalistic hit piece that I think I might be recording tomorrow. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm so, have you ever met those people online that like, they, they kind of throw that persona out there and you're like, I think I know exactly the kind of person you are, you know? And then you're like, I'd like to talk to them. And then mm -hmm. I got him. <laughs> I got him set up for an interview tomorrow. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'd like to talk about this. And he's like, no, 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 no. And your online thing that you said you'd like to talk about, there's all this fun stuff in between there that I want to talk to you about. You know? And so we're going we're gonna to touch base on, uh, on how he, quote, commands respect. And uh, he gets his side hustle on. And he wanted to talk about some other stuff. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're talking about this, sir. <laughs> so... You could have just said you're talking to Jake next. No. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say the life is because I was curious who brought who started life is unfair. And if that was like all Jake's idea, I was going to yep. kind of like I was kind of. So I guess I'll ask you one question. 
Have you seen all of Malcolm in the Middle before? Nope. That's that's a big part of the show, actually, is I had never seen like I'd seen maybe three episodes of the show. Mm. Um, it was not a show that my parents liked. It was not a show that was really on my radar. Okay. Jake loved the show. He's seen the whole show probably two or three times. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. Before doing this. So we have someone who's very acquainted with the show. And then we have me who's experiencing it for the first time. Uh, and so you have the two different perspectives talking about things, comparing things, and and then, you know, taking feedback from the audience and, and incorporating that. Um, and you can definitely, if you go through and listen from episode one to where we are now, you can see the evolution of that in the show <laughs> massively. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm very much like you where I have hobbies that, like, just eat my time up. And mm-hmm. um, I, I've been... Like, because you guys are gracious enough to listen to me, I'll watch you guys sometimes. Just I'll put you up on the screen and just let you hang out while you're doing your live streams. I'm not always just you know interacting with you, but like one of the big things is like I should probably listen to the Malcolm in the Middle podcast, (laughs) I should probably get to it. But the thing is, too, like I was like you, I caught little bits and pieces of the light, like I would the cool clips that are up, you know, every once in a while. Oh, it's on. I like, I like Walt, you know, I uh, oh god, what's his name. The dad, Brian Cranston, Brian Cranston. Like, I really like Brian Cranston. Yeah. I really like the way that they did that. But I never was like, you know, let's sit down and do like a Stranger Things thing where like one, two, three, four, five, six. Right. And and I fear I fear like I got to start. I'll watch the episode coming into it. And like I have a hard enough time listening to the three podcasts that I like listening <laughs> to. And yeah, so it like I'm not I'm not going to I'm going to tell you the truth. But at the same time, I'm like, I should probably listen to that. And If you want to. Here's the thing. Never feel bad or feel like you have to consume anyone's content, (laughs) no matter how good of friends you are with them. And it gets harder to consume someone's content the more friends with them you are. Because, like, for instance, I've had this phenomenon a a couple times already in Mm -hmm. this process. Like, I have some great friends that I have made through streaming that they're phenomenal people and... I, you know, if they called me up right now, like, hey, fecal matter hit the oscillator. I need a place to crash. Cool. We'll cram one more person in the house. Like, come on over. Like, I, they, they are very much people that I care about. You, uh, that being you... said, it's hard to watch their streams and stuff sometimes <laughs> because it's hard to, not that they aren't, don't get me wrong. They're yeah. fantastic streamers. It's hard for me to be in that space without being able to directly interact with them now. Cause it's like, no, no, that's, that's, that's my friend. That's Jeff. That's John. That's Mary. That's whatever. Right. Like I want to talk to you. I want to hang out with you. I don't want to, you know, just be another person in the audience. <laughs> yeah. No, I got yeah. you. Cause like when I'm watching your streams, I'm like, motherfucker, I want to play. I want to I play. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I don't even care, and and I'm I'm kind of curious because like that's the, like when I'm, I'm watching you, I'm like, I have zero interest in this game that you're playing, like that the the mm-hmm. the 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 pixel one. Like it it looks cool, but it it feels like uh, Stardew Valley to me, and I'm really really bad at that game. So <laughs> I'm like, I love I, that game. Yeah, I like I I try to get into it, but I just I'm really really bad at it. But yeah, it it like with Eric and Mark, like it's hard to listen to the NCAA show because it's like. Eric's a really good friend of mine. Mark is a really good friend of mine. And I'm like, I get to see Mark tomorrow. You know, and I get to do the podcast. Yeah. And 
I want to care about the NCAA. I really, really do. But it's like it, it was like Escape from Tarkov. Remember when I started where I just I was like, I don't give a shit. I just want to kill people. And now yep. look at where I'm at. Right. Yeah. Also, hey, that, do you, that's not uncommon. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you not curse on your podcasts? Oh, I definitely do. Oh, well, then why did you say the fecal matter hits the oscillator? Because that's just my way of saying that. Oh. I don't ever say shit hits the fan when I'm saying that. No, I, I curse. Are you kidding me? Well, I was just I, I was I freak a frequent uh occurrence depending on the episode is what the fuck is wrong with you directed at Jake because he and Eric lately cuz that dude I love a, I love you Eric, but if you're listening to this from our last recording, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> God. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so weird because like Eric like will mention something that I talked in the podcast, or Mark might bring something up, or Gaio, and I'm just like, I don't remember what I talked about, fellas, and like it's a reoccur <laughs> it's a reoccurring theme, and it's like sometimes I have like because I'll finish the show, I'll type up the notes, and I upload it immediately after we're done, and then it's boop out of my mind. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I I am curious, how narcissistic are you? Like, will you go back and listen to some of your older stuff, like some things <laughs> you're really proud of? Fuck no. Um, no, okay. no, uh, I hate the sound of my voice. Really? Hate it. Yes. And it only gets worse the more you have to edit. Um, I will watch my stuff and go back through it when I'm editing. Cause I'm a f perfectionist mm -hmm. and then I will sign, seal, deliver, clip it, ship it. I'm done with that. I never want to see that piece of content ever again. Um, not and sometimes I'm really proud of it, but I never want to see it again. And it's it's just because I I hate the sound of my own voice, um, which I know uh, people who listen to me or watch things are like really because you don't seem like it. No, I I talk a lot, but I <laughs> I no um I only have a like I have to have a specific reason for going back through um. Like there have been times where I've re-listened to an episode of the podcast because um, someone will like make a comment or say something. And I'm like, did that really happen? Is that true? Mm -hmm. I'll go back and I'll listen. Um, whenever we change equipment, I go back and I rewatch or listen to parts of old stuff to see if quality is better now, if I need to tweak something to keep things in line. But other than that, mm -mm, nope. There are, there are two episodes that I will always go back and listen to. Uh, there was a uh, there was a lady there was a lady who was kind enough. She did like a sixty minutes thing, right? Like she interviewed me. It was like an hour long, nice. and then she trimmed it down to like twenty minutes. And like it's it's phenomenal. Like I love it. Uh, except it, it's weird because it's only like on a website. Like it's only on her website, and I've got the hot bard. Yeah. And I I've, I listen to it a lot. I think it's great because I'm like I'm on sixty minutes, <laughs> you know. So like it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of fucking stupid. Uh, but there there was a, another one that I I listened to, and I haven't. I think it's been like about six months since I've done it, but uh, it was. It's now I think deleted up and off because uh, she like just disappeared. Like she just hmm. disappeared off of Spotify. Like she did That'll my interview, happen. and then I, I had a hold of it for a little bit, and then she just never uploaded it, and it never went any further. And her podcast just died. And I was like, that's interesting to hear. Uh, she was Australian though, and I think I was maybe listening to it for ulterior motives. I love the Australian accent. It's Steve. Ah. Steve Irwin is my dude. Like. Like he, okay. he he kicked it off for me, but um, 
I got to ask you, video uh-huh. gaming, because this is something I'm going to bring up with. E- if you are video games, I, I want to talk to you. Um, what started video games for you? Like, where was your David is a gamer now? I mean, technically, Super Mario, uh, Yoshi's Island, I think. It, or if, no, that's wrong. What the what is the name of that? It's the so one hard. It well, so my older sister had a Super Nintendo. Okay. And I played that game. Yeah. And I liked it. But sibling rivalries being what they are and being younger. And then the first PlayStation came out mm-hmm. and I shoveled snow and mowed lawns and everything for a year to be able to afford a PlayStation when it came out and I bought it. Um, and I don't know, like it just was always a thing that I did. I don't have a defining moment of like, and that's when I knew I liked games. No, I, I don't have a memory really where games weren't a thing actually. Cause yeah, going back from even further than the super Nintendo, um, we had an Apple computer, an old, old school one. And we had Hell like yeah. scrolling text games and Oregon trail. And I mean, that was in the house where my youngest memory is. Uh, I don't have a memory that doesn't also have some aspect of gaming in it, whether it's board games or as far as like a period in my life. So I, I've never not been some type of gamer. Cause like, I I remember it was the Sega. The Sega I I I probably changed the story god knows how many fucking times. But like Sonic, Earthworm Jim and then I remember yep. there was a moment in Echo the Dolphin. Echo the fucking Dolphin where I I was stuck <laughs> on this one level and I don't know if it was glitched or what, but I just I couldn't pass this one specific level. And it may have just been the the end game where you're just swimming as Echo the Dolphin in a pool or whatever. But like I just there was a level that I just couldn't get past and I remember the anxiety, the fear and the anger that I just couldn't get over it that really defined it as a moment. But I mean, I guess what I do you have like a core memory of when like gaming was just super cemented cuz like I'll give you mine for example. We had the PlayStation 1 with Tekken 3, right? And all the cousins would mm. always come over to our house and loser passes a controller. Like that's a massive core memory. And I remember all of us running into the living room, sliding on the carpet, going, I'm first, I'm first. Like, that's a core memory for me. The entire idea behind what started Let's Play Death Ray is that. Um, if you read our little blurb on Twitch, um, and every Wednesday night, the whole thing that we do with the mm-hmm. um, playthrough series where we take a single-player game and then we make it a multiplayer game and add rules and challenges and functions to it. That's what we used to do. Um, yeah, this is going to sound bad, but like w- summers when I was over at uh, my cousin's house, you know, Jake's house, yeah. like we would work for his dad from the time sun came up to sometimes, depending on how hot the day was, till the sun, sun went down. But then once the sun went down, we could do whatever the hell we wanted. But there was only one TV, one PlayStation, and there were three boys. So, (laughs) you know, we'd be 
you know, reading comics while the other person's taking their turn and we'd rotate through. And that's how we beat like Chrono Trigger and the first couple Final Fantasies. And I remember Metal Gear Solid was one of those big ones at the time. And, and so, you know, all those kind of games um, and that sort of feeling, that's what we always wanted to try to emulate mm-hmm. um, and bring people in on. That's why, like, every time we do big collab events with a bunch of other streamers it's always this crazy like game mode type thing like i built an entire game inside of minecraft for people um and had a bunch of streamers come in and play it uh that kind of stuff because that's what we love to do and so yeah it it, very much so like we're in wyoming man winters suck like (laughs) 90 of the year you just don't go outside because uh, our winter starts in September some years and goes till June. Uh, uh, yeah. And that's not a exaggeration. Some years we have had snow in July, which is insane. Dude, um, I, I lived ugh. at Ellsworth Air Force Base, South Dakota for six years. Okay. And I've. I drove into Wyoming to get laid, and that was about as far as I went. About ten miles, <laughs> ten miles across the border. Uh, very dis- It was very disappointing. But like, yeah, like I remember those winters. Like, yep. if they were like Jared, you can live wherever you want in South Dakota or wherever you want Wisconsin. I'm always choosing Wisconsin, no matter what. Even if they're like, we'll give you, we'll just pay you double your salary. You get paid fifty k. We'll give you an extra fifty k to live in South Dakota. I'm still very heavily choosing Wisconsin because it's nice. Like April comes around and starts to warm up. Like we're just now hitting like official, official December two days ago. It was 50 outside. So two days ago, it was a blizzard here. Nice. Oh yeah. I saw your photos. Uh, (laughs) I saw your photos. That was nice. Yeah. That was nice. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, that's the, that's the rub of it. And so, you know, we would always be, like when we we were very active kids so like when the weather was nice we were outside all the time oh, yeah. uh you know i'm a martial artist uh, we we were all into that kind of stuff so like we did sword play and all kinds of fun stuff uh but especially in the winter time or in the evenings we gamed like that's what you did everybody came over i remember um my brother's adopted mm-hmm. um so before that happened cuz it's a whole long story but uh before that happened, you know, we were friends and he had the Nintendo 64 and I had the PlayStation. So like we'd have, you know, parties, he'd bring the Nintendo 64 over and we'd beat the crap out of each other in Smash and then we'd throw in Armored Core on the PlayStation and fight ah. that and you know. So I mean, it was a lot of that sort of communal gaming. Everyone gamed, all the friends gamed. This is what you did. Dude, dude, down in Texas, 2 2 in the morning. When I remember when monsters were a thing, right? When monsters first first came out, yep. Halo, Halo Two, Blood Gulch, sitting there, and my buddies <laughs> like Jared, like, dude, I sucked at Halo. I have always sucked at Halo. He's like, just go run around the middle of the map. I was like, where's the middle, Ryan? He's like, just go straight out. I was like, okay. You get the sniper rifle, but and I'd just be like, ah, just like screaming, shooting. He's like, just just run to your left. I was like, okay. And then like he'd pop him, but yeah, like you know. Odd job too, the N sixty four. Nobody can pick odd job. Nobody can pick an odd job. So <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you, man. I I know all about that. <laughs> Those are fucking core memories of gaming, dude. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It so I, I guess because we're we're big gamers and stuff like that, 
Um, what is one thing that you would take away from gaming right now? Like if you could, if you could make one adjustment in the gaming, I guess, community, what, what is one thing that you would ixnay real quick, real fast? I'd take all gamers off of social media for 30 days. Why? Because gamers need to shut the fuck up for a little bit. Uh, and this includes some of my friends. Okay. Um, the And it's not entirely their fault. But gaming, unfortunately, the industry is starting to become this. Uh, as far as like AAA, there's still plenty of there's so many indie games out there. Yes. Go find them. Go play. But there's so many AAA games that are being released broken and defunctory. And because we have it's it's kind of this push and pull. Like it's the industry's fault, but then we fed into it and we won't stop. So it just continues to push the industry. Um, I don't blame gamers for this. I blame the industry. But unfortunately, we're now conditioned to the point where we won't stop bitching about things. I mean, look at like... <sighs> Okay, the new Call of Duty. Like, I mm -hmm. can't stand Call of Duty. And their shit's broken, and there's a whole lot of problems with Activision that I won't get into. But it was out for three hours before I saw my first four tweets uh, on my social media of people complaining about the game and tearing it down and talking about how, like... Um, there's a huge problem. This is what's wrong with the gaming industry and blah, 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 blah. And it was all very technical stuff. It wasn't, oh, I got beat. I got smashed. Or like, you know, the old arguments even of like, why are we playing with uh, controller players? And why are we playing with mouse and keyboard? Right? Because I mean, people always complain yeah. like that one. Yeah. But we now have this thing where like, we have people analyzing the game and tearing apart the the technical specs of the game and things. Okay. And we have studios that are turning out games that are technically defunct. Like they're not built right. They're not fully done because we are like we need more, 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 more. We're 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 bored. We're bored. We're already past the last thing. And now that has driven the studios to be like, no, we need a new game every year. We need a new game every year like we've been making this franchise for 20 some years we're gonna turn one out every year and then they wonder why they start to break and suck the technology is advancing it used to be when you know the a new generation of console or technology jumped you'd have a little bit of lag in most of your big games because they were adapting to the new technology and then you would have a game like, say, for instance, Skyrim, we'll pick on them for a second, mm -hmm. that is now released on the new technology instead of being released on the old engine. And so it's it functions better, it performs properly, um, and it's a fun game to play. Um, yeah. And it doesn't feel like you have to wait for the first patch for it to work. Um, yeah. We're now in a world where, especially with online games, uh, there's a lot of my friends who don't download the game until it's been patched first. Hmm. That's weird to me. Like, why don't we have fully functioning games released? I would much rather, and I would be way more willing to give money to a studio that is like, sorry guys, we're delaying the game for six months because something went wrong than people who are like, nope, November 3rd, it's coming out. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts. 
I I I remember people were giving uh, CD Projekt Red so much shit for delaying Cyberpunk, right? Just giving yeah. them so much shit, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm gonna be patient because Anthem killed it for me. Anthem, yeah, one hundred percent killed it for me, and because like I, I I praised Anthem, I was like, hey, it looks like a good game, it's fun, and then day yeah. two servers were down. I I tried for like two weeks, and I just I couldn't I couldn't function. I couldn't play the game, and I I kind of given up for it, and I. If if I could change one thing for for gamers, it would be to stop pre-ordering and stop microtransactions, like the the extras, all that crazy shit that goes out there. Because I yeah. think if studios recognize the fact that like there's that select few people that get it on on release day, and then you have those angry tweets that come out, they're like, "This is shit." A lot of people would hold back, but they're like me. It's like I want the fucking game right. Up. I, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm the yeah. here and now, the instant gratification. Um, but yeah, just stop releasing broken fucking games. I mean, like, yeah, Tarkov, I'm fine because it's like we're gonna build this game and they're working towards it. And they're like, it's in a beta, and I'm like, if this is how good the beta is, and you're working to build the the full game, I'm happy to endorse you as we go through it. I am. So you want a hot, you want a hot gaming take? Fuck yeah, I do. I'm fine with microtransactions to a point. I'm gonna um, kick you off this podcast. <laughs> No, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Um, I hate pay to win, mm-hmm. and that shit irritates me. Mm-hmm. Um, like Call of Duty Warzone, mm-hmm. uh, was notorious. Oh, yeah. There was the infamous infamous Rose skin, right? Um, and it was one of those things where it seemed like, and I'll tell you what, I don't buy into conspiracy theories, but like, there was something to the meta switched in that game to whatever gun had a new pack in the store. You know what I mean? Like those guns suddenly became functional and working in the game and no one ran them for the last six months. Um, Call of Duty. Definitely. There was something going on there. So for those uh, of I us hate who don't that know kind about of Rose, stuff. tell us, tell us. About okay. Rose. So the Rose skin was a all black operator skin. You could hide in shadows. Basically it gave an advantage two players who used it because uh if you were in parts of the map where the shadowing was uh very strong they literally couldn't see you um and so you could get the drop on players um and then they they adjusted that and they reacted to it it took forever but um and it's one of many there's several other there was a Fortnite skin that i heard about i don't play Fortnite all that often um, but I heard about when it first released, when they first started doing that kind of stuff, that it basically took like extra shots to down somebody if they were wearing it okay. um, because of just the way that the game worked. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. There was a game once where uh, the the skin that you could buy affected the hitbox of the character. I mean, I could see, <laughs> I could see that, though, you know? Yeah, uh, that's a problem. Yeah. When you have stuff like that, that's pay to win. Um, you know, it, it encourages, look, you have to spend X amount of dollars to get this stuff uh, or you won't have the advantages that other, other people have. Um, I don't like that. But if you want to have a game where you can provide it cheaper or free to your public and then your monetization is... Here's all this cool extra, you know, uh, graphical oddities or player cards or whatever if you want to pay for it. Uh, okay, great. Uh, 
but it can't be the sole focus of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Apex Legends, for instance, when they first launched uh, and their first couple seasons was phenomenal with that. Uh, Since then, they've gotten very, (laughs) very uh, greedy. Yeah, with it. But the way that they did uh, their sort of uh, like skins and and, uh, microtransactions at first was the way I think is okay in gaming. So um, explain the difference because I that's that's the one thing I'm curious about. Like, if it, it depends on the level of of difficulty to obtain in game stuff that you can pay yep. five dollars for or twenty dollars for. So how did how did in your eyes Apex do it perfectly? Um, because when it first started, uh, there wasn't anything that I could purchase that I couldn't also earn. Um, now, granted, I could. It might take me a mm-hmm. hundred hours or fifty or twenty or whatever. Okay, um, but I think that when you release something like that, if you have a dedicated player base, a dedicated fan base, they should be able to, in some way, also obtain those same rewards without spending real world money. Um, if I am a dedicated Apex player or a dedicated Tarkov player or COD or whatever, and that's my game, that's what. When I sit down after work, that's what I relax to. That's what I play. Um, then when you release this new feature, I shouldn't have to spend $500 to buy that thing uh, or buy all these randomized loot packs, mm-hmm. right? I should be able to have an in-game resource to also work towards those things. And that's the way it was for a long time in Apex. And they've kind of brought that back a little bit but like their special event skins and stuff that they do now you basically have to either play non-stop all day or for the entire event or you have to pay for them uh and i don't like that with call of duty i know a lot of the call of duty stuff is like 10 bucks 10 bucks for a pack right and they come out with a couple of couple of different packs a a week and i've been half tempted to buy a pack just because I, i liked it and right. I'm not as grindy with Call of Duty as I am with obviously other games. So right. if there is a ten dollar pack, okay, let's 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 go at the lower end. Some packs are like five bucks. How mm-hmm. much in game time would you think would be grind worthy for a five dollar pack? I mean, I think that that's a bigger question, more posed to the community. Um, I I don't necessarily have the answer for that, but. It needs to feel like there's some reward afforded to me as a player, as a dedicated person who's continuing to put time into this game than over someone who's just got, you know, the the old insult, right? Daddy's credit card. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm there should be... Takes, David. I'm looking for hot takes. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm, I'm just... I, I haven't sat and thought about it okay. that oh. much, you know? Um... I just think that it's it's the only thing that really annoys me about microtransactions outside of the things that give you an advantage is that you're not making those same rewards available to your player base. I have no problem with microtransactions if I can also get those same things through some some sort of, you know, uh, in-game currency or exchange or mm-hmm deed or or 
achievement or whatever. Um, so now like DLC and stuff, that's totally different. Yeah, but. yeah. So like, because I know in Call of Duty, like in season two, if you miss anything in season two, they're like, okay, here's the challenge to earn it in season three. Like that right. was kind of interesting. And I like your take. I do because it's it's not just it's not just one of those takes where it's like, okay, it f- it should feel worthy, right? And some right. of the challenges were, were fairly interesting to get, like, Dragon's Breath, right? They introduced Dragon's Breath into the game. I grinded it, I think, four hours to get it because I sucked with shotguns to start off with. But I, I like that take. I'm, I think I think maybe what I was looking for is, like, for a $5 item, should maybe take, like, two hours, you know? For a $10 item, maybe about four hours or something. But then again, I, I really do like your answer because I may be shit at shotguns, but you're awesome at shotguns, right? And so you take right. a look at the challenge for Dragon's Breath, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck it, I got it in an hour, right? Whereas Jared's over here like, oh, my God, come on. So right. I, I, I like that where if it's challenging enough, you, you'll take it. Um, and I, I love how it's flipped because in Tarkov, I'm great with shotguns, and you're great with sniper <laughs> Well, uh, see, I've been a sniper on everything. That goes back to that goes back to land party Counter-Strike days, oof. bro. I was the I was the guy peeking the corner with the op, killing you and making the other kids across the thing rage and throw the mouse. I've uh, I've played Counter Strike before and and uh, CS:GO, and I remember that that infamous doorway where you can run across and see on the other side, <laughs> round in the corner, and I was like, brown. I was like, fuck, just happened. Oh, okay, I guess I'm dead. So yeah, yeah, been there, been there. Nice. What um. So land parties, uh, how many land parties <laughs> have you actually attended? Or let me ask you, have you ever done a lock-in? Have you ever done a lock-in? Uh, no. No? Not for gaming. Okay. I've done lock-ins, but there was no gaming. We we did a, a lock-in down in Houston, and that was when I was introduced to Ball's Energy Drink, and uh, my liver's never been the same. You're muted. Lock-ins? Oh, there you I get. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good now. Okay. Um, what the hell? Yeah, sorry, my internet just went all wonky. Anyways, um, I like both my parents are ordained ministers, so like when you say lock in to me, I think like church lock in. Um, we had a land party business here where I uh, am at. Okay. It was called Area 52. Ooh. Um, and uh, it was literally so, like, you had one section off in the far side that had like a giant plasma TV. This is back when plasmas was, were like yeah. cool. Um, and that had all of the consoles at the time uh, hooked up to it. Um, and oddly enough, Rock Band was like the big thing uh, at the time for people to play on that. Oh, Dude, they loved it. Uh, but well, then, no. Why, had... why do you say oddly? Because rock band, dude. Have you ever gotten together with like your friend who does the drums? You do the guitar. Somebody's yeah. got the bass, and then someone sings. This is back. Singing? I I misspoke by saying rock band. This is back before they had any of that. This is guitars. This is oh. Guitar Hero. Um. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay that um, makes sense. No one knew what it was. Like I was big into gaming, and I had barely heard of it. But then it blew up in our town. And then about two to three months later is where you started seeing videos online of people who were just, like, shredding like it was a real guitar. And I was like, oh, that's that thing those kids played in the corner. <laughs> 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 He's um, already 45. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, the rest of it was all computers. And I wouldn't call it a lock-in because technically they closed, but they didn't close till three in the morning. Mm -hmm. And me and my buddy who introduced me to it were friends with the owner who lived in a space above. So, like, we didn't do lock-ins, but we did, like, you know, we did whatever the fuck we wanted. <laughs> so there have definitely been, like, all-night sessions of Counter-Strike was the big game at the time. And it's also where I discovered Ball's Energy Drink uh, because for a long time it was the only place you could buy it in Casper because uh, none of the other stores that bought from our local Pepsi distributor uh, wanted to have something called Ball's on their shelf. Um, and my cousin actually worked for Pepsi and people declined the product because of the name here because it's a very conservative leaning town so nice, nice. yeah i re um it, it was it was like it, in a like post pandemic you're like oh my god a room with like computers stacked next to each other and people just like literally i could lean over and rest my head on my buddy's arm but yeah like i, I remember those i do remember my ymca lock-in uh whereas me and three dudes like <laughs> we like it, it was one of those kind of churchy events right and then, like, mm -hmm. everybody clicked off by, like, 10 o'clock at night. And, like, me and, like, we're just, like, drinking Mountain Dew like it's going out of style, trying to stay up. And we're talking about all the cute girls. And the next thing we know, the doors are – like, they would literally lock us in. Like, it'd be mm -hmm. hilarious. And, I like, I don't know why, but that was so cool. You're like, we're locked in here together, guys. <laughs> you and I had very different reactions to that. You, you freaked out a little bit? No. Oh. I was, I was the dude who was – I don't – I was the edge lord, I guess. I don't know. I was uh, the dude in the corner going, "This is fucking dumb." Well, I mean, why am I here? <laughs> my, 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 like, because it was just me and my brothers for the, long, the longest while, and just kind of like during the whole divorce that my parents went through, like, I found it kind of fun to like interact with other kids and get out there and do shit instead of like right. shuttling back and forth. But yeah, like it was at first, it was like this is kind of dumb. But like you meet like one or two people, like you start talking, you're like, "Oh, we're locked in here together, guys." <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just like I, it's different, too, when your dad's the pastor, man. Oh, like, oh, yeah, it's different yeah. when your mom's the pastor. It's different. Like, I I was such a rebellious kid, too, at that age. Like when other church kids are doing lock ins and stuff like at that time. I, I, boy, is this a sentence that's going to. How much do I want to get into it? Um, well, you can say it, and I'll just bleep the whole thing. And, and no, you don't, don't need to bleep anything. I'm fine <laughs> with talking about it. I just okay. don't want to take up too much of your time. Oh, no, no. Um, you're fine. There was a period of time where I dabbled in the occult because, you know, uh, you want to talk about preacher's kid going totally uh, rebellion. Yes. Uh, and I was never like a ladies' man or anything, mm. but... I always had a couple of like girls that I was friends with that hung around with. And I had some girlfriends uh, off and on when I was young, like way before you ever really have uh, any business dating. But I was, I've been six foot since I was 13. <laughs> um, I was 15 hanging around with 18, 19 year olds. So I was always way ahead of where I should have been. Um, I also started college at 15. So like my life accelerated a lot faster than other people's. So 
when I was younger, you know, I was dating people who were older than me, girls that were older than me, and oh, it was crazy. And should have gone to jail. No, no, never that old. Um, but uh, I like when I was thirteen. I think uh, the one was seventeen, and then the other gal that I dated was was sixteen. Um, and then I after those two, and then a crazy situation where. I dated a girl, but then she dated my brother, and that was insane. Wow. And then I met my and then I met my wife. <laughs> um, yeah, I found out she was dating my brother by going to a mutual friend of all three of us house who like lived in the area, and I just walked in, and her and my brother were making out on the couch, and she'd like just dumped me the day before, so that wow. was that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> my little brother would have caught hands. Love uh, you, I love you, Justin, we, Josh, but. We we did fight, but not that day. I was I don't know. I when I was younger, I was the dude who, because she dumped me, I was like, all right, well, whatever, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, hey, bro, you're not good enough. You have to take my scraps, you know, like. It, but yeah, but yeah, uh, just Justin, I, I love you, but we would have had another cops moment. So <laughs> we were watching cops, and we we got we got into the dumbest fight ever. I forget. I don't even. We don't even remember what it was. Maybe he does, but I remember I got on top of uh, I got on top of him. He punched me, and then we flipped, and then he he like punched me in the face, and then I punched him in the face, and we were just looking at each other, and we're like. Okay, and then he went to the couch. I went to the other couch, and my stepmom comes out. And she's like, "Why are you guys all sweating?" We're like, "We're like, you know, it was the we're watching cops thing, like yeah. stepbrothers did." But like, it was weird because like that was the last like real fight we ever had. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure there could have been other moments and times where he would have wanted to fight me. But oh yeah, yeah, my brother took a swing at me later on because of <laughs> stuff like that, uh, and he should never drink whiskey. Uh, <laughs> ah. yeah, nice. yeah, I get, I get like super on, I'm a super blunt and honest person as it is. Mm-hmm. Alcohol just makes that worse. So like, instead of saying like, Hey man, you might want to think about trimming your beard, you know? Right. Like I, I'll just be like, your beard's weird. Right. Just machine gun <laughs> Kelly them. Right. Uh, <laughs> Well, we were talking about uh, an old girlfriend, and it was revealed, like, I just was like, oh, yeah, I made out with her. (laughs) Well, the drunk mind did not think of the idea of context, David, Mm. after they were done. That never left my mouth. And angry drunk brother immediately, because he gets real fighty on whiskey anyways, and so he just hops up and you son of a bitch and starts trying to punch me in the face yeah 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 nice well <laughs> i i do want super blunt and honest uh, opinions here uh there was something else i wanted to ask you but are you ready for eric's most favorite game where we answer yeah. questions from reddit yeah absolutely okay so i i found a bunch that i think are going to be great for both you and jake so let's go here um <laughs> Because you have the the religious background, uh, curious. Mm-hmm. There's there's a question here that it says, uh, "My boyfriend wants nudes, but I'm super li- religious. What do I do? I'm a 19 year old female. I'm dating a guy who's 24 uh, for around seven months now. Keep in mind this is online, as I live in the middle of nowhere. And um, you know, basically, there's a whole wall of text here, which I kind of peruse through. But uh, basically. Uh, he's like, I would like to uh, continue the relationship as much as we can. Uh, send me some some good photos. 
some good no. photos. Absolutely. Uh, and if you've said no and he continues to ask, fuck that guy. Um, consent is a thing. Uh, it exists more than just in physical relationships. And uh, I, I started my now several year relationship online. Um, I've been married for 12 years to this woman. Uh, we've been dating for a very long time before that. Uh, and we're engaged for two years. Things can progress, uh, and, but if you're not comfortable, like even putting the religious side out of it, if you're not comfortable, I don't care. I don't care if you're an OnlyFans model. If you're not comfortable sending that photograph that they're asking for, the answer is no. And they have to respect that, period. Otherwise, they're not giving you that sort of mutual love and respect that is required for a healthy relationship. And you need to either have that conversation and be willing to willing to work together to get to that point or you need to end it. Because I'm telling you right now, you cannot have a healthy marriage with a person who doesn't respect you to that level at that point in the relationship. Hell no. If I can't respect your boundaries when we're 200 2000 miles apart i'm not going to respect your boundaries when we're together and that's gonna absolutely break it apart i would say google nude male and then send him a photo of that and see how he reacts to it that's what i would do but yeah i'm, I'm right oh there with, i'm right there with you like the like that girl that was like the guy was like send me a photo of you in your bra and she takes the, the school photo puts it in one of her bras and takes a photo like like yeah like <laughs> Or, or like even go on Reddit and just like take a picture that's clearly not of you and then like crop it so like the face is not there. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Like a lot of these problems that I see on here in the advice section are a lot of relationship advice and, and dumb questions. Yeah. But you're you're 100% right. It's like dude's not respecting you. Just say no and move the fuck on, right? Yep. You know, like yeah. I'm not I'm not going to buy Sarah a burrito when she doesn't want a burrito as much as I want to buy her one. But, you know, it's the oh. same kind of concept. Also, the security person in me is coming out right now and, wow. like, is blaring in the back of my brain. If you haven't met this person, definitely don't send them pictures of yourself. Like, fuck. I'll send somebody a dick pic real quick if they ask for it. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Snap that shit. You want to see it? Again, go for it. <laughs> so that rule number one, you're comfortable with it. There you go. Um, But, yeah. People want to see it. People want to see it. Here you go. <laughs> dude one of, oh one boy of, one of the one of the questions i remember this because i remember i was working at the student loan place for a little while and they're like does anybody have any dirt on you that they'd be able to like manipulate you with and i just like th thought about it for a second and then the, it, um i was just thinking about it and i'm like no nobody could ever blackmail me right like nobody could ever blackmail me they're like oh well, we got a picture of your dick i'm like yeah you asked for it what, what more do you want they're like we're gonna send it to everybody Okay. I mean, like, like, cool, I guess. <laughs> like, it's not something a lot of my family hasn't seen. <laughs> my mom walked in on me having sex with my girlfriend one time. And I didn't know that when you're on all fours, you could jump that high and that far. And that was like my only regret is that my mom saw my raging hard cock. Like, I didn't care that I got caught having sex. But it was just the fact that my girlfriend jumped off of me. And my mom was like, she looked at me like she looked at me dead in the eyes and goes, get dressed. I will see you downstairs. And the only thing I can think of is like, God damn it. She saw my cock. <laughs> like, that's it. That was it. That was 
That was the most embarrassing part of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Wow. We learned a lot about Jared today, didn't we? <laughs> Everything was revealed. Everything. <laughs> I was like, that's a very weird name. Uh, Goalu uh, says, my sister thinks she can win me in a fight, even though I'm taller and stronger. Uh, mind my English, it's my second language. Uh, so my 60-year-old female sister thinks that she can beat me a 14-year-old male up since she always did it when I was younger. From any age, my sister would regularly beat up on me and, and uh, never hit back. She regularly, uh, she eventually matured and stopped, but she thinks that she can now beat me in a fight 100% um, of the time, even though I can, she can't even do a push-up or something like that. But yeah, the dude's uh, 182 centimeters, so basically six foot. She's like 5'7", and it annoys him a lot. Uh, and he's like, I'm scared that she thinks that she can beat on any guy and it might get herself hurt. I don't want to hit her, but I also want her to know that she can't be that tough gal that she thinks. How would we help out our gentleman, Gaia Luo, here? So I am a use of force expert and martial artist for 20 plus years. Uh, with the proper training and technique, she can, period, end of story. Uh, I have taught a four-foot-six woman to throw me across a five-foot area. I am six-foot-tall, 380 pounds, okay? I'm a big dude. So don't underestimate her because she's small. Don't crush her spunkiness, her fighting spirit. Um, that's one thing that a lot of people want to do with people like that they they think it's impossible so they want to make someone else think that that's the worst thing you can do for someone's confidence um and if you are actually interested in teaching her how to defend herself and being realistic in the world uh crushing that confidence is the worst possible thing you can do instead uh, a better approach is to get someone who's knowledgeable in technique and body mechanics to show her how things work and how to move and how to utilize the advantages that she has. Uh, and that will increase confidence and increase competence, which will then increase survivability. Fuck that. Buy two mouth guards, get some MMA gloves and go round for round with her. See what happens. Well, that's a better option for family. <laughs> uh, and that's definitely what we did. But again, yeah. It's hard for me to turn off instructor mode for that because that's immediately what I see. When I see someone who thinks that or, or someone who thinks that there's this clear physical disadvantage, like, I, no, that's not how shit works in the real world. And you may be as tough as nails, but when she sticks her thumb in your eyeball after twisting your nuts off, like, sorry. She had she had the will to win. You didn't. <laughs> oh, you're dirty. You're dirty. You're Marine Corps dirty. I got you. Mm -hmm. I got yeah. you. Listen, I will not fight you unless I am required to. If I fight you, I will win because I have two children and a wife to come home to. I don't care if I got to bite you. I don't care if I got to throw you in front of a moving car. I, I don't care. Um, It takes a lot to get me to fight you. And if you're to that point, I'm willing to kill you. That's Better period it. Judged by 12 than carried by six. Yeah, 100%. I have a family to get home to. I would much rather just here you go. Here's my money. Here's my watch. Sure. Okay. Uh, you ever seen uh, Undercover Blues? There's a, uh, It's an old movie from like the 90s. It's great. Okay. Uh, funniest fucking movie uh, for an old 90s 
action and he's walking his daughter in the stroller and he's like this retired spy is the whole point he and his wife were spies now they're retired because they had a kid Mm -hmm. and these two guys mug him in the alley and he just like i'm talking about right he throws the knife or he throws the knife he throws the wallet over to him throws the watch over to him and uh then he, he motions to his buddy you know to go cut him and he's like look guys i thought we had a deal you commit a felony i go like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, because it's a semi action comedy, he proceeds to beat the shit out of him with a baby stroller. But nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Nice. But yeah. I, uh, I I love telling this story because it uh, she was she was a really good friend of mine. And this is when I learned early on exactly what you're talking about, because um, I, I and I'll, I'll tell you this backstory real quick. When I was in when I was in tech school, learning to be a cop in the Air Force. There's mm-hmm. this tiny little girl who was like five foot three or whatever, maybe mm-hmm. 110 pounds soaking wet, right? Um, we were doing a domestic domestic abuse simulation, right? And I had the old Widowmaker on. You know, that's that's <laughs> what we trained with was the Widowmaker. Yep. Uh, if you ever want to Google something amazing, Widowmaker holster. Um, these things were a piece of shit, and they called them Widowmakers for a reason. But uh, I had the utility belt on. I was doing that. She's supposed to fight me. Like, that was the whole scenario, was that she was the aggressor. My buddy was talking. And they, we did the correct thing where, you know, our backs weren't to each other. And she's trying to rough me up. Like, she's just trying to rough me up. She's kind of got me pinned against the wall, kind of fighting me, doing what she does. And my, dr- my instructor is looking at me. He's like, Jared, the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm waiting for my partner to finish interviewing him till we can arrest her. And he's like, well, she's attacking you. I was like, no, she's not. She's just, she's. She, I don't know what she's doing. She's trying to do something, but I don't know. Like, mind you, I'm like 210, you know, I'm, I'm six foot. I'm, I'm fresh out of t- basic training. And so my instructor's like, do something. So I pick her up, flip her over on the couch, put her hands behind her back and handcuff her, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, end of story. Fast forward three years, right? I'm a senior airman. I'm doing what I'm doing. I meet a very good friend of mine, uh, Amber, right? We'll just call her Amber. Um, now she is the same thing. She's like five foot four. 90 pounds soaking wet, right? I'm 250 pounds now. I'm a bit of a bigger boy. I've gained some muscle mass. And she's in MMA. And Mm -hmm. a buddy of mine and another sergeant of mine, both Amber and the other sergeant, they're both females. They're they're doing MMA. And the other buddy of mine kind of knows enough. And they're like, oh, Jared will be great. He's way bigger than us. He weighs more. And I'm like, I'm going to fuck you two up. I got my Mm. ass handed to me. I had the most intense workout. I've never mm-hmm. been beat up like that in my life. And I had to be like, I basically was like, dude, take me, take me back to the dorms, throw me in the shower, rinse me off and put me in bed. That's how uh-huh. bad I got my ass beat by two women who were less than 120 pounds and about four. I had like four to eight inches on both of them. So, yeah. I trained with a young lady in Billings, Montana, who was in a wheelchair. Uh, so, t- again, to get back to the Reddit thing, uh, never underestimate your opponent. Uh, and... Uh, who knows it, it, again fighting is so much more than just physicality the physicality helps yes but it's so much more than that so if you go and start to spar with your sister and you're not willing to uh do a dirty shot and she is and she takes out your knee pops you in the groin hits you in the throat and pushes you back sorry bad news for you your sister just won well, I think with a wheelchair, she can get around faster. You know, she uses her arms. So, yeah, when she punches you, she's going to be a little bit better. You know, plus you got to pick up the whole wheelchair. She's strapped in. You know, she should at least have to get on the ground first. You know? It wouldn't help. No, you don't understand. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, she was 
that lady was a hell of a fighter. Anyways. Well, yeah, no, uh. I got you. I got you. Uh, so how many cars have you bought, David? How many cars have I bought? Yeah. Like five, six? What is some good advice to know before going into a car dealership? I'm a 24-year-old oh. dude looking to buy my first dealership car soon and would like to have some advice or strategies before I go in. I know I have to negotiate, not not just go for the first deal they give you, but uh, you know, what is some good general advice? I am the worst person in the world to ask this. I have literally only financed ever one car. Uh, all the rest of them I bought what we call around here well that's not politically correct term uh you better uh, use it sir no i don't want to i'm trying to <laughs> remove it from my vocabulary um but i i bought some shitty cars uh but they got me from point a to point b i'm not a car guy mm -hmm. um and the only vehicle i've ever financed is my truck which i just finished paying off as far as advice for buying a vehicle again still not great at that because the only person i ever bought a car through from a dealership is an old family friend mm. who has sold cars to my family for multiple generations who doesn't screw us over like uh the shocks went out on my truck like six months after i bought it yeah he replaced them for free i was about just to say. completely yeah um like all shit uh my sister she bought her car from him uh had nothing to do with the dealership she was driving down the interstate semi through a rock shattered the windshield um cracked it he replaced it for free and like he, he's always taking care of us and and everything we bought from him if there's a problem he fixed it um my dad bought a car that was a decommissioned uh uh fire chief fire inspector uh oh, vehicle okay. yeah and the alarm kept going off at random times <laughs> for no reason. No one could figure it out. So finally, he's like, all right, yeah, we're just going to upgrade you. Um, and just okay. traded him out for a car that was actually like $4,000 more than what he bought. Because And it's not just us. Like, tons of people that I know who buy from this guy are that way. Because he's, he's old school, you know. He's like, if you buy from him, like, you're his customer. You're his priority. And everyone who's ever dealt with the old man, like that was, that's how he is. Um, he'll make things right because he cares more about his reputation and doing right by his customer than making the next sale. So I am shit for this question. Sorry. I, the the guy that I, coincidentally, his name is David too. The, the dude that I bought nice. my Jeep from, um, he has hit me up almost every six months, you know, with a, with a little bit of email, like, Hey man, thanks for buying from me. And now like, they're probably auto generated emails. Like I'll give it to him, you know, but like every time I've gone back to the, the Jeep Wrangler, the Jeep, uh, Chrysler dealership. Cause that's what they sold there. It was, mm -hmm. it was always interesting because like, he'd be like, Oh, Hey Jared, what's up, man? I'm like, Hey dude. And he's like, do you want to upgrade? And I was like, nah, dude, no, we're, we're good. The, the renegade is fine. And you know, like I've gotten some pretty good deals, uh, like, uh, I was supposed to go. I came in because I had something. I had to get a, an upgrade on my Jeep because apparently there was something with the software, I guess, that needed hmm. to be upgraded. Yeah, it was weird. They were like, oh, there was a defect in the software. So I went in, got that upgraded, 
and he actually fixed my windshield wiper stuff for free. And then they actually gave me a pretty, pretty goddamn good discount on the 30,000 mile kind of inspection. Cause I was like, ah, it's a little bit more than I anticipated to spend today. He's like, ah, bit, 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 meh. And I think I saved about $200 off of, off of the inspection. Right. So like, That's it good. was, it was nice for them. Like they, you're, you're right. Like if you work with the old man, the one thing that I will say is the few times that I have gone in to work with people, always know what your competitors are doing. Always know what the competitors yep. are, are up to. If you go to one dealership, go to the other three or four that are around you. Shop for your best price. And even if you go to the best dealerships that you got, um, just be like, hey, man, the Ford dealership down the road, uh, they've got a nice F-150. I know you've got the Ram 1500. I prefer Rams. What can you work out for a deal with me? Because they're giving me 5000 less or whatever. Usually they can throw you a bone unless – all the dealerships in town are owned by the same family like they are where I live, which is hilarious because it was little, it was, it was very unknown. They would fight with each other. Turns out they're mm-hmm. all owned by the same old dude who just liked to pit his, his, his crews against each other. And now I'm like, yeah, I was talking to four and they're like, ha, I'll give him a call. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and to that end, that's, that's the only piece of advice that I have for buying a vehicle comes from my grandfather and from working in sales before, mm-hmm. um, which is that there's always more wiggle room. Do your research and find out what a fair price is and what you're willing to pay. Don't pay a penny more. And I mean a penny more. When my grandfather bought uh, my grandma's last vehicle before he passed away, um, he went in there with his price, with what they were going to do. He'd done the market research. And uh, he almost walked away from the deal over $5. We're talking about a $10,000 purchase, and they wouldn't come down the additional five. And it finally got to the point where the salesman literally pulled a $5 bill out of his wallet, put it on the desk, and was like, all right, can we make a deal now? And he went, sure. Um, and I like But it's the, same, it's the same thing with, like, buying appliances even. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're running a special or a deal or whatever, or you're dealing with somebody who buys directly from a supplier – there's some wiggle room there. Oh, God, yes, there is. Yeah. They're talking about profits is what they're really haggling with you. So if you know that I'm going to pay for, again, switching to whatever you want, $500 or $10,000, that's what you pay. If they don't get that for you, there's always someone else. There have uh, been many, many deals made where I have literally gone to my supervisor and like, look, I got the sale but you're going to need to stamp this approval. <laughs> they're, 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 like I've gone to my boss. I'm like, hey, um, you know, bro, like I got I got two sales for you today, but uh, I need you just to respond to these emails uh, when you get them because I know they're coming. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So we have some polls because a lot of the advice questions were actually relationship, which I got to I want to say for, for Jake here because I – I think well, – well, well, if, if you want to listen to, to Jake's and he doesn't spoil it for you, cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. But uh, I got some interesting ones that I'm, I'm very interested to hear his, his responses to because I, I, don't, I don't know Jake as well as I know David. So Fair. interested. Uh, so which do you prefer, white chocolate, milk chocolate, or dark chocolate? Depends on the context. Overall, I'd say milk chocolate, but – there are definitely things that dark chocolate's better for. Um, and definitely as I get older, I lean more towards the dark chocolate stuff. Ooh, so, Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but. 
I like white uh, cookies and cream. Hershey's cooking cr- cookies and cream. I don't know why that is for my kryptonite. Um, but if I had <laughs> to choose between a, like a legitimate chocolate, hundred percent dark, hundred percent dark. Hmm. If you could pick any country to live in, where would you move to? Hmm. Any country. I mean, I don't know. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to travel outside of the United States. Um, I've traveled a lot of the United States. Um, I'd be interested in checking out Australia, but I don't think I'd want to live there. Um, I know I don't want to live in Israel. Um, uh, Why wouldn't you want to live in Australia? Because uh, everything wants to kill you there? Kind of. Also, lots of ocean. I'm not a big ocean guy. Mm. Um, just, I, I'd love to visit. Just not my, not my scene. Um, I'd say probably like Ireland or Scotland. Um, but again, that's just kind of a cop out because the places I have the most information about. If I'm basing it just off of photographs, though, uh, Iceland. Really? Oh, dude, Iceland's so beautiful. I want to go to Iceland so bad. The two times I've landed in Iceland, it has been super foggy, and I've mm. their airport is gorgeous. Like the mm-hmm. one airport that I landed at, like I'm like, this is your shitty airport, and they're like, yeah, it's a shitty <laughs> airport. I'm like, fucking, are there single women around here, and would they like to earn an American visa so that way we can go back to your country when I'm out of the military? <laughs> Um, but honestly, I, I would actually have to agree with you, either Ireland, Scotland, or uh, Australia, just simply because the accents, I would never be able to get over it. I, I love those beautiful women, and I'm sorry, Sarah, but just saying, if I'm offered a, a visa and a, and a one-way ticket, yes, ma'am, give me, some, uh, give me some shit to knock me out, and I'll be there in a minute. Oh, my Lord. Oh. <laughs> mm. uh... Yeah. All right. Uh, two more here, because this is great. I, I really like this one. Uh how 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 much have you kept up with Kanye West? You're you're asking a a Jewish man. Okay. About uh, so, Kanye West right now. <laughs> there was a poll that uh, I have yet to take. I have yet to take it, uh, but it just came out about 20 hours ago. So probably right after his uh, amazing rant that made Alex Jones very uncomfortable. So, yeah, think about that. He made Alex Jones I uncomfortable. Know. I know. I I watched it. I watched it muted because I was at work. And it, like I was like, Alex Jones, what is going on here? So I had to take a break, and I played it. And I was like, so now, now if we could take away that Alex Jones rant, right? Take it mm-hmm. out of your mind if you can. Would you have considered listening to Kanye West as a red flag after getting to know somebody? Listening to his music? Yeah, yes. I, I am assuming that the, the poll uh, no. is considering. Would you list considering that? No. I wouldn't consider someone listening to his music right now a red flag. Okay. Um, I can separate artists from art. Uh, I wouldn't buy his music. I wouldn't mm-hmm. support his music now. I wouldn't because I think there's a difference between lending support to someone who's really shitty. Um, and companies that are shitty and things like that. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that necessarily enjoying, you know, his old album 
is supporting his current shitty behavior. If I purchased uh whatever I I don't listen to Kanye West, so I don't know what any of his albums are called. Sure. But it, you know, if I purchased his old albums or whatever, I don't think that that is in any way supporting his new insanity that is yeah. everywhere. No. Um okay. Uh, 1.5 thousand people said yes 2.715 or 2.7 thousand people said no a thousand people said i don't know and uh, 330 people just asked for the results so (laughs) i i don't i can i can do what you do where you separate artists from their their political views however i would see it um because like it I stereotype people a lot. I really do. I will. Mm. Um, I've, I've noticed that, and I'm sure you've probably noticed this in your job, because your job used to be mine, but just a little bit differently, um, where essentially you you can read people very well. And it, it almost kind of comes off a little bit where it's like, oh, I got you. That's that's where that hit piece came from, where like I read it. I read their little diatribe that they had, and I'm just like, I bet I know exactly who you are, and I cannot wait to talk to you. And right. Like there's a little bit of crazy in you, and it's just it's it's kind of like you're just one Reddit thread of, away from going down you know a path versus mm-hmm. a different path. I, I would just consider it a flag just because I'm like, I don't know, man. It just it it it. Oh, it's yeah. It's completely understandable for someone to consider that. Uh, I I don't. I I would never. Like, there's a lot of things people are like. Well, that's a red flag for me. Like. <clears throat> You're dumb. Shut up. <laughs> um, that one, I would not say that to. Like, that's perfectly reasonable and understandable. Um, I just, I know too many people who are completely disassociated from things going on with the artists who still can enjoy the art. Um, so it would be too hypocritical of me to say that people listening to his stuff but do i think you should support him should you be streaming his stuff on spotify where he gets paid for it hell no um i wouldn't even pirate his shit that's fair yeah listen i wouldn't anyways before all the anti-semitic stuff i didn't like his music ever so (laughs) i what turned me off of kanye uh and i I never really liked him before but when he remixed that daft punk song harder better faster stronger (laughs) I was yeah. like, you didn't, you didn't do a disservice to it, but no. <laughs> so, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna end it on a banger here. All right, we're gonna end on a banger. In which pocket do you keep your phone? Right pocket, right front pocket. God, you and fucking are you right-handed though? Yeah, of course. I I flip it and reverse it. Whatever I keep, where the opposite pocket of my key, my keys for my car. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. My left pocket is my keys. Left is keys, right is wallet and phone, right? Yeah. See, I flip it up every so often where I throw the wallet and the the wallet and the phone in the left and then the keys in the right. Oh no, you don't do that. No, you don't do that. Why? No. no. Your your keys and and everything that's on you when you leave the house is in the same pocket all the time, perpetually, forever and always. You well, don't change it. What is wrong I- with you? I need to get a Looney Tunes checkbook and then put it in my back left pocket so I can have more spinal cord issues. I'm fine with that. I don't ever rotate. Nope. I. 
I am very obsessive about like checking to make sure that I have everything before I leave the house. Um, and so nothing changes place. Um, and I mean, I'm in a can an open concealed carry state, so you can conceal carry without a permit here. Um, I carry a firearm 90% of the time. It's in the same spot every time. Okay. Keys are in the same spot every time. Uh, phone is in the same spot every time. Ah. Same with the wallet. Ah. Uh, and that has been that way, though. I would love to say that it's because of all of the knowledge. And I can give you a scientific reason if you want to be a um, safety-conscious person for doing it. Uh, there's this thing called Hicks Law. Um, but it, I've done it since I was, like, 10. Hicks so, Law, like Redneck Hick or just... No, Hicks Law, H-I-C-K-S. Um, it is for every option that is available to you, it increases reaction speed by 0.15 seconds, or decreases, I should say. So, for instance, uh, yeah, it governs uh, how you utilize uh, and train use of force and things. So, uh, for a if a startle response were to happen, and you have the option of, say, for instance, for police officers, since I know you said you were a police officer in the Air Force, mm -hmm. if you have the option of both your taser, your uh, baton, your firearm, and your OC, you have just increased your reaction time uh, by 0.15 seconds for every single option available. Uh, whereas if I streamline that, where you have to react with X and then Y and then Z and so on and so forth, it uh, will allow you to react faster. So. Okay. I, 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 I want to disagree with it, but I don't think we have enough time to. It's also science. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> when, when you have those started responses, cause like I, I used to be baton OC spray Cause I never did. Mm -hmm. I just, I never wanted to get tased. So I never did the right. taser. So it was my nine mil OC and baton. And right. when I have a startled response, I knew immediately what I was going for. And you're right. right. My baton always went on my left hip. My OC mm -hmm. spray was always on my left breast and my pistol was always on my right, right thigh because mm -hmm. I had the drop holster. Um, and I, like, I know like whatever your response is, cause I was always there, whether it's the green, yellow, red, or black, I always hovered around yellow, and when I was threatened, I was always kind of in red, but I always knew exactly where I needed to go, you know, and that's that's right. where I'm just kind of like, for however many options you have. But, but that's, so what you're describing mm -hmm. is a system that is created because of Hicks Law, where Thank actually you, th no, really, you think that you're, you have options, but they're actually reducing your options because it is telling you that for something within this zone or within this range, you react in this way. For something within this, you react in this way. For something in this, you react in this way. So instead of having all four force options available with the same exact availability to all responses, you now have zones where you're already conditioned. So you don't have four options within that zone. You have one. So you immediately react. This is my podcast. I'm right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, David, do you have a link tree to where we can find all your shit, right? Yeah. Is there, okay. 
I uh, well, I use beacons, but beacon. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Fine. We're gonna throw that all down below. David, weird about the the new timestamp where Jared tries to end his podcast perfectly. <laughs> uh, so it's so it's not a three hour just conversation of people hanging out because that gets a little long. I've been told by a few of the special friends that listen to the podcast that tell me about it. Uh, the, the hour, hour and a half is perfect, but there were a lot of fun things. So I'm prematurely uh, closing instead of coming with David here. So David, <laughs> do you want to throw everything out to the folks that are going to be listening who are going to be hounded with Jake next week too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, you can find us on Spotify or all your podcast uh, places for Life is Unfair, the Malcolm and the Miller Rewatch podcast. You can also head on over to twitch.tv slash lpdeathray, which is where we stream. We also do stuff on TikTok, Instagram, uh, and YouTube as well. So, And we're lpdeathray everywhere. The charity event, though, because I specifically want to pimp this out. The mm-hmm. the the what was it uh, called again? Because I'm extra bad. life. Extra life. Can people still give to extra life? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the drive goes through to the end of the year. Um, we just we already did our game day twenty four hour big thing for it. Okay. Extra life. Just Google extra life charity, and I take it, it it'll take to you. I will probably throw a link in the description below. Anything that you give is going to be greatly appreciated by David as well as all the other beautiful, wonderful kids out there. So, David, are you ready for the outro, sir? Of course. Okay, here we go. A little extra trap music for you guys. Yeah, I guess. Why not? Fuck it. Okay. It was man boob gaming. Man. <laughs> <laughs>